0: Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk Podcast. Today is Monday, March 9th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by one of the more respected GPP players in NBA DFS, and he has the best mind for putting those lineups together that I know of. It's my man, Andrew Hansen. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing
1: well. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, I'm I'm rested up here. Hopefully my mind will be ready for the Monday slate, because I didn't really play yesterday, I had a bunch of family obligations, basically took the day off, and I missed out on your big lineups. You had a huge day.
0: Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that, dude. But family is first. I'm it's, with you. But yes, thank you very much, man. Yeah, it was it was one of those top one percent nights, which, you know, when you get those, that's when you gotta make some noise so i think uh, we had some members do really well and um it just it was an awesome day there's no doubt about it
1: yeah and so you got some qualifiers right some satellites so
0: yeah what what are those big contests coming up it's actually actually sort of funny i mean some of it's fantastic i'm so pumped about but you know they have those qualifiers you can get in for five ten bucks uh and you know try to you get one ticket you got to win the thing And it's like for a $444 ticket or whatever they are. So, you know, I like to mess around with those at times. And uh, so I I got in five of them. And would you believe I won all five? That is
1: amazing. That's almost unprecedented.
0: I can't believe it. But this is the funniest part, though. You know, I just was bizzing through them. So I was really pumped because I love golf and the players championships coming up. So two of those tickets are for golf. So I'm ecstatic about that. And then two are for the big... uh, Uh, 333 tournament on uh, the nba so that's perfect but andrew you're gonna laugh this the fifth ticket it's for nascar (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. it was actually a missed punch i didn't mean to sign up for nascar i don't know a thing about nascar
1: so that's just hilarious Can can you imagine all the people out there thinking you know i intentionally entered these five qualifiers and here coach is winning them. He doesn't even know he's in a, what contest he's in and he's winning the, the one ticket.
0: <laughs> the guy that <laughs> finished second is probably like an avid NASCAR guy. Right, exactly. I beat him out by a half a point. I didn't even mean to be in the contest. <laughs> so if any of our wonderful listeners out there have any pointers on this coming weekend's um, NASCAR event, uh, please tweet me at Joe Sarvati j-o-e-s-a-r-v-a-d-i because i need all the help i can get in that one i have no clue but uh but it was a fun night it was great for the members you know i didn't have the best couple of days prior to yesterday it was just grinding it out trying to uh you know hit some 50 50s and stay alive i had a couple of guys not get it done but then yesterday it was just one of those magical days i was you know the podcast uh, michael and i did i was just jumping all over luca and was you know the, my big thing was luca was going to be the lowest owned he'd ever had ever been and everybody was going to jump to porzingis and sure enough the numbers come out uh in the tournaments i had he was all between 12 and 19 percent owned which is ludicrous because he's been like 50% owned most of the year and Porzingis has doubled that and was like 26, 27%. So, you know, just one of the days where the, the dominoes fell uh, the right direction, but it was fun. That's for sure. And I did want to mention too, because we always keep track of it on here and I always post it on our website and on Twitter because we want to always keep a, a running store uh, score because it validates, you know, really uh, what we're stating. Anybody can say, Hey, I'm a hundred. No, but you know, let's hear about it. So we actually with uh, provided for two slates yesterday, Michael and I. Michael did a great job; he had a great day too. Uh, so we did an afternoon slate and an evening main slate, in which we went two and zero. Oh. So we are fifteen and four, uh, which is pretty darn good for uh, our first seventeen slates at DFS Coach Talk. And I am personally at sixty-five and twenty-five and maintain my stay in the 70s or die kind of mentality. So uh, pretty fired up, man. Yeah, that's awesome. 15 and 4 here at DFS Coach Talk. That's better than 75%. You know, I'm not a math guy. When I run out of toes and fingers, I'm in trouble. But you know (laughs) what? I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) If we could stay at that number, I think we're all going to make some good cash. That's for sure right on how did you play i know you had a, a game yesterday luckily i didn't roster you i almost oh
1: there. no last night you should have rostered me you would have oh won really Uh-oh. even more on on the big entry contest yeah i had a big game it was one of those games where the first half got into a bit of a shoving match the guy was trying to hit me with some elbows yeah and i wasn't having that and it just sometimes those things happen and they just fire you up in the middle of the game so i dug oh, yeah. down found some more energy and just went to work in the second half
0: nice man you guys win we did oh yeah very nice yep andrew getting getting frosty out there getting scrappy (laughs) you're gonna see that man you're the you're the left-handed steph curry they're gonna try to get you off your game by roughing you up so that's right
1: (laughs) yeah don't forget i can take it to the rack too and so that's what happened
0: nice that use that energy to drive hard to the hole It's always tough playing lefties. I'm telling you, people aren't used to it because everybody tries to force everybody to go left. And then you just have to change your whole mentality. And uh, so there you go, man. I'm fired up. You're definitely without question uh, when we eventually have our entire staff in Vegas for the NBA Summer League. You're the first pick for sure. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) And, uh, and I get to pick first because I uh, just that I, I never pull rank or anything like that. but in this one instance, I am. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I like that plan. Let's do it. Beautiful man. All right, well, we've got just a little three gamer today of all things. That's a bizarre uh, occurrence. Uh, so we, you know won't uh, be a very long podcast today. But uh, we, we encourage you all to jump on DFScoachtalk.com. That's our website. sign up. You know, get in our discord, enjoy, uh, you know, the hot streak and money train, as we call it, and just get on there and get it done. Uh, we're we're having a great start. Great people, great members, uh, a lot of good banter and discussion, a lot of guys in there getting fired up for baseball because uh, we're going to be providing baseball as well. We're going to do just basketball, baseball and football, the three majors. We're not going to try to do like in ninety two sports, like several others do with everything from mixed martial arts to lacrosse. so we're we're sticking with the main main dogs and getting the best people in the industry. Uh, andy G's our our uh, DFS um, MLB pro and he is phenomenal. You can also catch him if you if you join now. He's doing a free preseason lineups in the whole nine yards and doing a fantastic job. so, uh, I'll be shooting some tweets out here this afternoon, uh, talking about you know the, the remainder of the NBA season, NBA playoffs, and also the Major League Baseball. Uh, there's going to be a little crossover promo there. I think that a lot of our folks will like. And I, you know, I don't know about you, Andrew. We really haven't talked about it. I love baseball too. I, I you know, I really enjoy it. It's one of my top three or four to three sports, I guess. I'd say it probably goes basketball. Golf and then baseball; those are probably my three favorites. But um, I, I, lo- I'm—it's just something relaxing and enjoying, uh, uh, you know, enjoyment for me about baseball. A lot of people think it's boring, but I love it. What about you?
1: Oh yeah, I'm I'm big into baseball. I don't know if you know, I actually played minor league baseball. Oh, that's right. I- you did tell me that. Yeah, that's in the right. in independent leagues, I played for three years.
0: That's incredible. So that's really your number one sport,
1: really. Well, in terms of uh, just sort of being able to analyze a player, um, break them down with the eye test with one or two swings or one or two pitches. Yeah, it, it certainly is right up my alley. But yeah. I've I've just spent more of my time over the years for DFS with NBA and NFL. Oh, OK. So um, and it's tough if you do those two sports. It's tough to do baseball because it's such a grind. It's every day and it overlaps with both of those seasons. So, right. It's probably third on my list.
0: Interesting. Wow. Guy plays at that high of a level and then chucks baseball down to number three. But uh, (laughs) that's fun. It's fun, though. You know, I'll tell you that what I really miss, though, and it shows my age a little bit, but not he's, I mean, he's only been retired a couple of years, but there was nothing better than listening to the late night game of Vin Scully doing the Dodgers, you know? Oh, yeah. That voice and the fact that he had no partner and he just talked you through the game. Man, was he a legend. I'll tell you.
1: Amazing. Did you hear that clip where he was reading the the grocery list? (laughs) It came out on Twitter, I'd say, within the last year. And he even made that interesting. Oh, he made that sound like you wanted to go to the grocery store immediately. It was (laughs) it was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, he was, he was something special, that's for sure. But there's a lot of good ones out there with baseball, no doubt. It's a blast. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. We'll be tweeting that and shooting that out here soon. Uh, remember, you can listen to this podcast seven days a week and everywhere podcasts are found. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify. Please take a few seconds, rate, review, subscribe. You know, we that makes a big difference for us. Uh, we have a month. Pass to NBA, we're giving away for anybody that uh, we're going to have a drawing for those that put five stars and put a comma, comment on iTunes. So uh, join us every day. Let's dive into this three gamer, though. And, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of s- smaller slates. I know that's sort of your specialty. So I'm going to. Uh, take a you know deep dive with you on this one. It, it's really a, a bizarre slate because all three games have almost identical spreads and identical totals. So that is weird. But uh, let's see if we can figure this out, man. The first game is 730. So you do have an extra half an hour compared to normal uh, to get the uh, lineups in. So that's always a plus. And it's the Charlotte uh, Charlotte Hornets at the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, Charlotte is a uh, four-point dog. Atlanta's a four-point or home favorite with a 224 total. 114 implied for implied for Atlanta, 110 for Charlotte. Charlotte is the slowest team in the league. Andrew, 30th, dead last, which is sort of weird because they have two fast like point guards that play all the time in Rozier and uh, Graham. Uh, Atlanta is 5th fastest, so monster pace up for Charlotte, pace down for Atlanta. And then here's the thing that has to pique both of our interests. Charlotte's 24th in the league in defense, Atlanta 28th. So this game is certainly going to get quite a bit of attention, I think, around the DFS world. Uh, What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. With those two poor defenses and all these three games' similar totals, Uh, I agree. There's going to be a lot of interest here and we only have three games to choose from. So,
0: you know, I hate to interrupt you, Andrew. Before you jump into that, I absolutely forgot to read the injuries. Just a complete brain freeze here. So let me let me there's not that many of them, but they're very important. So let me buzz those and hold your thought. And then you can dive right into this game because some of these uh, some of these injuries affect this game as well. All right, we've got Jeff Teague questionable. There you go, right off the bat. He's 50-50. Mark Gasol is confirmed in. He's first game back in a long time. DeAndre Bembry and DeAndre Hunter, double DeAndre for Atlanta, both questionable. So how's that for keeping that straight? So that's a lot of questionable guys there. Kevin Herter and John Collins are both probable. They're both probably going to play, hence the probable – Uh, uh, Mark Uh, George Hill confirmed in so the backup point guard for the Bucks is back and we all know Giannis is out when he was diagnosed with a minor joint joint capsule sprain in his left knee so whatever that is it sounds like it's only going to keep him out for maybe a week or a couple of games but we will see okay man sorry about that but wanted to get those in there
1: yeah, did you want to hit the last game, too? Anything you noted there for injuries?
0: with Toronto
1: uh, and Utah? You want to hit miss. that later?
0: I do not have anything on my board. Oh, one. there's one here I missed. Fred Van Vliet is doubtful. He's 25%. But I don't have anything else on my board here. Do you have any injuries I'm not seeing?
1: Nope, that was the key one, and I've marked him as questionable, so maybe he's been downgraded a bit. He
0: has been downgraded to doubtful. It just came up. That's why it was off the screen and then popped up right after you asked. So. Okay. Okay, Excellent. all right. You got it, brother. All
1: right, so game one, I am looking at the backcourt on both sides. <clears throat> I do think you can play Graham and Rozier together, especially at their price tags. They're at the mid-6K range. Mm-hmm. On DraftKings, they, they average 6K over on FanDuel. So good prices on, on those guys going against that poor defense. We do have Trey Young in the mix, and when we went over those rankings for defensive real plus minus yeah. on one of those <laughs> recent shows, we know that he was the worst uh, among the point guards. So yeah. I will certainly have a fair share of Graham and Rozier. In terms of the other Hornets, I'm liking P.J. Washington's recent form. Three yeah. straight games, over 32 fantasy points, and he's only yeah, 5.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you the direct correlation there. They When they traded Marvin Williams, that's who was cutting into his minutes. Since yep. then, he's done great.
1: Yeah, and he's only 5.6 on DraftKings, so he's basically giving you 6K – sorry, 6X on average. Yeah. So I like that type of a player here in a three-game slate. Then probably won't get – Get involved in too much else with Charlotte. I, I have been watching Cody Martin. He's a little cheaper on DraftKings at 4.5, and his minutes have been really steady since Monk has been out. He's gone 34, 32, and 30 minutes recently. Yeah, that's impressive. So we like that. Over on the Atlanta side, I'll have a I'll have a bunch of Trey Young. Uh, as it turns out, he's the highest. Price guy in this slate now, at least on DraftKings, with Giannis being out, and I, yeah. I will I will pay up for him. He was terrific against Charlotte in their first matchup. He had 37 and nine. Yeah, uh, I'll be keeping a close eye on that Collins news because I, I would like to fire him up. Although he's at nine K on DraftKings, so it's, it's a little bit pricey. He's up in that Jokic territory, so
0: yeah, that could
1: that could be a tough call to make. Uh, as for the rest of Atlanta, I am going to keep an eye on Hunter and his questionable tag. You okay. know, he's, the, he's the DeAndre that I'd be more interested in right. uh, and could get him at lower ownership with the questionable tag. Yeah. And then last guy I want to mention is Dwayne Dedman. He's hmm. four, 4.1. You know that we like to target bigs against Charlotte. Yeah. And he is coming off a game where he went one for 11 Ooh. And he went 0 for 7 from three-point range. What the heck? Yeah. So how about a little bounce back for him? L- decent price, low ownership against Charlotte. Um,
0: not going to be probably on my first lineup, but he's he's in my player pool. Interesting. I like it, man. I like it. A um, couple of things. I think Collins is safe, by the way. You know, okay. I'm looking right here. Not only probable, but... Uh, it says that uh, it's just a right thigh contusion, and he was seen be, had been seen this morning already putting up shots. So I think Collins is going to make my team. I'm hoping he sticks with the, any tag at all, like this probable tag, because it does give people a little bit of just a slight bit of, uh, you know, usually knocks the ownership down a little bit. They get a little nervous. So I like Collins. I'm going to fade Trey Young today, and I'm going to explain why. I, I'd look back at the contest that he played against Charlotte and when he's gone against real scrappy defenders and uh, he generally takes a few steps back and doesn't do quite as well, obviously, uh, you know, but doesn't rise to the occasion against the scrappy defenders. When they first played Charlotte, Cody Martin was, you know, picking uh, splinters out of his butt on the bench and it was pretty much Rogier and Graham most of that game. And neither one of them is that great of a defender. Rozier's re- reasonable. Graham's not good. And um, I think that allowed uh, Trey to really sort of have his way. Cody Martin is a dog out there, dude. I don't know if you've seen him defend, but he is a dog. And I think he'll start this game on Trey and make it a lot tougher for him. And I think at that big price... Um, you know, he's so scoring dependent and assist dependent. He's never going to get you a bunch of rebounds, uh, you know, or, or blocks or anything. So if, if Martin slows him down a little bit, you know, he's Trey Young. I can see him going four or five X, which isn't bad, but I don't think it's going to take anything down uh, if you can spend that money elsewhere. So I'm going to probably go with Collins on the Atlanta side. I don't trust all these half injured guys. Uh, from Atlanta on the Charlotte side. I agree with you. I think uh, both uh, Graham and Rogier are playable. Um, they've been playing a smaller lineup uh, with, with uh, Martin in there uh, quite a bit and then rotating those guys around. You know, the question is, who are they going to try to, uh, you know, hide Trey on uh, and it's either going to be Rogier or Graham for sure. They, he played on both of them a little bit last time they played so I think they're both in play. Uh, I like the pace and the poor defense in this game, and I'm with you. I, I'm going to be uh, uh, really digging into that backcourt. I think you made some good points on P.J. Washington. Uh, I, I've also noticed that since Marvin's gone, uh, he's gone up the list. But I don't know if you remember if, I, if it was you or I that or Mike that I did the show with last week. You know, I had watched P.J. Washington. And was not thrilled with the eye test on him in a couple of scenarios. Uh, you know, like he quit on some plays. And, and that, you know, that's why he dropped in the draft a little bit. There were some questions about his focus, you know, and his just consistency. And he does disappear at times. And then in that game, there was two minutes and 38 seconds left and it was tied. And he sort of got kneed in the side of the stomach a little bit. It wasn't that bad. And he was standing on the foul line and he asked to be taken out. He just went out, and he, the trainer didn't even <laughs> go over. He just, like, sat there for the last 238 in a tie game, and that just sort of, you know, even the guy on the bench that was next to him looked at him like, wow, dude, man, what are you out for? Like, you could just see that look on his face. So I'm I'm not really thrilled with P.J. as I, I think you're going to – he's such a risk. He's a great GPP play. Uh, I think I said Triple P there, but that's okay. But uh, hes I don't think he's uh, as much of a lock in cash as I would normally uh, take in a situation where guys increase minutes in usage. So that's really my take in that game. Uh, yeah, well, that,
1: that's the thing with the rookies. Sometimes you get that, just yep. immaturity. He's hes still 21 years old, and you know, hopefully he'll get a little tougher as we go here. But I do yeah. want to... Follow up on the Cody Martin analysis. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I agree he's a he's a real dog out there defensively in a good way. But the last two games with Graham back, he's been coming off the bench. Okay. So I'm I'm expecting that he will come off the bench. And like yeah. I said, he, he has played thirty minutes the last two games off the bench. So I think yeah. he'll get his turn with Trey Young. But I do think Trey Young is going to get a fair number of minutes. Without yeah. having to deal with Cody Martin.
0: Well, that's a good point, point. and you know, it's even though they're not starting the game with those guys in there, uh, you know, again, they're all three getting in the 30s, so there's there is a lot of crossover of minutes, and some, you know, I agree with you that it's a risk, and I think the ownership will be uh, higher on on uh, Trey because of that, but I still think out of a 48-minute game, I think they'll find a way uh, that the entire 28 to 30 minutes or whatever it is that Martin gets, he's going to spend all of that time on Young if he's in the game. So I, I I see what you're saying. It's valid. It creates a little question. You know, if is Young going to hit three threes in the first quarter with Rogier on him or something? It could happen. So I get it, but I try – you know, I think – Sometimes people overrate and I'm not saying you are because I think you made a valid point you could be just dead nuts right but sometimes people uh really overrate the starting aspect of things. Taj yep. Gibson from the Knicks always comes to mind. Everybody used to roster him as a cheap guy cuz he started for the Knicks for a long time, but right. he only would play like 12 minutes, he never finished a game, all that stuff. So, you know, to me I want the guy that's going to play almost the whole fourth quarter in a close game and close the game. That means more to me than who jumps at the, at the start, but your point is very valid.
1: Yeah, it's like guys like Lou Williams. Before, yes. they added like six guys who were taking shots away from him. Back in the day, last year and yeah. at the beginning of this season, doesn't matter, he didn't start. He was always out there down the stretch in the fourth quarter and leading the NBA in fourth quarter scoring. So yeah. that, that certainly
0: is the key. Yeah, he and Montrez are really the exception, or the you know the the fathers of that principle, I guess. Yes. That you can be a big DFS player and not start. But for some reason, I don't know if it's because they put the little check mark next to your guy when you're looking at your lineup, and you don't see that check mark, and you think, "Ooh, is he going to play enough off the bench?" You know, it's like a reaction that everybody gets. But uh, don't let that intimidate you. Sometimes it can throw you. That's for sure. But uh, awesome, man. All right, let's go to game two. It's actually – there's two games at 9 o'clock. So uh, it'll be an early night tonight, a little extra rest for the uh, home team here, and no real true late-night sweat game. we got a double late-night game. Uh, It is Toronto and Utah. uh, Utah minus 4.5, and and, uh, the total's 224, just like the first game. And, uh, again, the spread's almost the same. Atlanta's favored by four, Utah by 4.5. Implied total for Utah 114.5, so almost the same as Atlanta, and Toronto a half a point less uh, uh, lower than Charlotte at 109.5. Toronto, the 13th fastest team, Utah is not fast, they're 25th, so uh, that's a pace down for Toronto. Everything's almost always a pace up for Utah. Defensively, though, this is my, my uh, red flag Toronto. Is now second in the entire NBA to Milwaukee defensively, and Utah is a pretty solid 13th, although uh you know they've had a few duds in there, but generally they're pretty solid. So interesting game. What do you what are you uh looking at in this one?
1: Well, not too much. This is my least favorite of the three games. Okay. We've you know, really the big thing is that number two defense for Toronto. So all the guys on Utah just take a big hit from that and and none of them really played well in the first matchup against Toronto and Utah only scored one ten and they lost by twenty. Yeah. You know, Mitchell was poor. Conley did all right, so at about two thousand cheaper across the industry on average, certainly I would prefer Conley. Yeah. I think you know Bogdanovich is an all right play if you need one you know one guy in that 6K range he's he's pretty reliable. Clarkson, another guy you could take a look at just because of those savings. but I, I think for most of my lineups I won't have anybody from Utah. I might get one guy from Toronto, but they are coming in on a back to back after playing last night in Utah. Yes. In a close game, it went down, down to the wire. They won by five. So I took a look at some of the recent back to back performances. And Powell to me was the most reliable in back to backs. And as you mentioned with Fred Van Vliet now being doubtful here, middle of the day on Monday, Powell might be the one guy I would look to, especially on FanDuel on on DraftKings, he's six point eight, but over on FanDuel, he's down at five point five.
0: Oh, that's that's a plug-and-play at five point five, man. Yeah.
1: So I like that, you know, again, assuming Fred Van Vliet is out. Yeah. Um Lowry has not been very good on back to backs. Siakam has been all right, and he was terrific against these guys yes. back in back in December. He went for 35, 5 and 5. So nice. for me, it's it's probably Siakam and or Powell. And that's probably it because we've got Gasol back in the mix, splitting things up with Ibaka a little bit. Not not splitting minutes, but um, he's back in the picture. Ibaka is still priced all right. So, you know, I I think he's an all right play. But for me, it would probably go Powell and then Siakam.
0: Very nice, man. Um, Yeah, this I mean, for me, Powell with with Van Vliet out and Van Vliet being uh, doubtful. As of now, I'm just going to count him out, but obviously we need to keep an, an eye on that. But Powell's been fantastic, man. He he is one of the best-kept secrets in the league, and I just think it, his price is not adjusted on FanDuel nearly enough. Um, I think I'm even going to fire him up uh, on DraftKings, but uh, no-brainer free square for me on on FanDuel. Uh, I think he's the best player on the Toronto side. Um, I love the role see playing. I told you the eye test on him. I've, I've probably rostered him for the last five games they played. He's just, he has that just absolute assassin look in his eye. I mean, he is going after it and playing so hard right now. Um, it is a back to back though, but he's younger. I don't expect as much of a toll on him. It is going to make me fade, uh, Lowry like you said you're correct on a second night of a back-to-back they try to g- give him a little bit of a break and he isn't quite as effective because he plays super hard too but yep. he's getting older I mean he's like what is he like 35 or something I mean, he's getting older um, so you know that's that's a definite uh, question mark there plus you know it's Utah elevation uh, they've traveled from Sacramento, to U- from Sacramento to Utah last night uh, definitely not the best set of circumstances for Toronto, so I will definitely not go any deeper uh, than Powell and Siakam. So we're on the same exact page there. On the Utah side, you know, uh, Gobert to me is not an option now because the double dip of uh, go, you know, Gasol and Ibaka being able to be a little fresher and uh, really check him, I think, will will keep him, you know, uh, under value of where he could produce. Um, you know, it's hard to trust a lot of guys on this team because they sort of rotate around having decent games. Um, you know, I could, I wouldn't blame you for rostering a Bogdanovich. Uh, Mitchell is the go-to guy a hundred percent, and he definitely is going to get the most attention defensively. But, you know, if, if you're looking to correlate here, like I am with two Toronto plays, I would want to run back like one Utah guy and almost by a process of elimination, sort of my last guy in would be Donovan Mitchell. I know that does, that sounds like a real rousing endorsement, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I think Mitchell just skims in there because, you know, I do expect this game to stay close for the purposes of what we said, you know, the travel, et cetera. And, uh, you know, every single time they need a big bucket, inevitably, they go to Mitchell. And if he's completely doubled, they'll kick it to Bogdanovich. But that's it. I mean, they really, they never, Gobert gets his own stuff. They don't run plays for him. He gets rebounds and gets transition hoops, but they never run plays for him. It's basically everything Mitchell and then a little Bogdanovich and then all the other guys just have to find find their own. So that's that's my thinking there. And uh, hopefully that works out because Mitchell's still priced fair, I think. And so we'll see. Yeah. That'll be
1: an interesting one to see what, what Toronto has left in the tank.
0: Um, Yeah. But I'm going to be looking
1: more at this other nine o'clock game myself.
0: Yes. This is the game that is going to get most attention uh, probably just because, you know, you've got no Giannis and all kinds of usage Um, It's the 9 o'clock game, Milwaukee at Denver. So you got another altitude game, another travel game. And you have uh, Milwaukee uh, in the same scenario, second night of a back-to-back. They played in Phoenix last night. They play in Denver tonight. And Denver's been snugly at home waiting uh, for the arrival of Milwaukee to come into town. So big edge on the Denver side, and Vegas agrees. Uh, Denver is a a 5.5-point favorite. And it's uh, a 222 total. So almost identical, just two points less than the other two games. Almost the same identical uh, uh, implied total, Denver 114 and Milwaukee 108 and a half. So I've I've never seen lines this close uh, on a slate. Usually there's something that's out of whack somewhere, but everything is just dead nuts. You can almost eliminate all that stuff because it doesn't matter because it's an even playing field in those areas. Um, But here's the the diversity that's going to be really interesting. You know, I know in the NFL they always talk about it. What wins, a great offense or a great defense? Well, you've got a pace for Milwaukee of first and pace for Denver 29th. So you're going to have Milwaukee trying to run Trying to get everything off transition. Uh, yes, they they are slower without Giannis. I mean that's a given. They're they're less in every category without right. Giannis. Um, but they still push the ball and they they still look for transition. And they that last yesterday they scored a ton of points without Giannis. So believe me, they're very capable. Um, defensively, Milwaukee's still first. Denver is twelfth. Uh, they've thrown some duds in there too, but. You know, you're still in the upper half defensively. That's that's pretty uh, acceptable. And so between the combination of the travel Milwaukee on the second night of a a back to back uh, without Giannis, this game has tons of potential to to go several different ways. So I'm excited uh, to hear where you're going to go in this one.
1: Well, I'm going to start with two guys from Milwaukee that we always target when Giannis is out. And that's Mr. Bledsoe and Mr. Middleton. Yeah. And I think Eric Bledsoe is the best price on DraftKings
0: in terms of most underpriced. He's only yeah.
1: five point seven
0: k. That's crazy value. Yeah. They I did mean, not take the Giannis thing into to play. They,
1: they didn't. They missed that one. So if they're gonna drop the ball on that one, we're gonna pick it up and run with it. Mm-hmm. He went uh, last night. He went for twenty-eight, three and seven. And, wow. You know his. I mean, he went over 40 fantasy points. So to me, he's a no-brainer. Middleton, similar. You know, he's priced yep. up higher. He's 7.6, but he could easily be in the 8K range as well. Um, and he went for 24-2-9 and against Denver last time. That was with Giannis in the wow. mix. So I, I would think he'll do a little bit better than that with the extra shots. And then our man, Dante DiVincenzo, he's 4.8 he's got 29 minutes last night you know he's one of those guys that benefits and has to have a lot of confidence he's done a lot of great things this year so scrappy just does it in every different way on both ends of the court so I'll I'll have him in some lineups Sova, I don't plan to play we were plugging and playing him earlier in the season when Giannis was out but last night he played 15 minutes he didn't even take a shot
0: that's amazing
1: so, and he was highly owned by the way. Yeah, and he's at 4.6, so they did price him up. Yeah, that's with, selling without Giannis, but I don't I don't think I can go there.
0: Can you? No, no, no. way. <laughs> I think that's trap city for people yeah. that forgot that that was like 6 weeks ago that he right. was plugging in for Giannis, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that was before Marvin Williams was in town. So oh, yeah, yeah. That's really changed things for those two forwards. Over on the Denver side, I have a feeling that you're going to be interested in Mr. Jokic since you're down a little bit on Trey Young. For me, I am going to sl- I'm going to select Trey Young over Jokic tonight in general. If I have to pick between the two, okay. Um, I mean, Jokic almost had a triple double against Milwaukee last time. I I think he's a fine play, um, but I'm more interested in Mr. Barton at 6K. I think he's also underpriced. He played really well against Milwaukee. He went for 24-7-8. and eight. I like his form. Recently, he's been a little bit more aggressive after a bit of a lull there for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So he's my favorite member of Denver. Okay. And then I think Murray has to be in consideration. He gets these guards with a little bit of tired legs here on, on the back-to-back. Um, on DraftKings... One potential value play is Michael Porter Jr. He played 16 minutes in the last game for Denver. He has not had consistent minutes. But for a tournament play on DraftKings, I think he's worth looking at because he's only 3.4. And then on FanDuel, you could look at Jeremy Grant because he's only 3.7. Yeah. And we know that he can rack up the blocks and, and a couple steals, so... Those would be my, my potential value plays from this game.
0: Interesting. Interesting. You know, it, it, here's the way I look at this. The reason I hate like two, three game slates because the ownership just gets all clogged up. There's no differentiation. So even if you don't love Bledsoe and Middleton in this game, for me and as a cash player, I can't not put them in there. I just can't right. because you have to use them as a blocker. Because they're both going to be like 90% owned because there's only three games. Everybody in the world is going to roster those two guys. So just in case they do pretty well, if you, you know, fade them against 90% of the field, you're dead. If they fall flat, then you with the other nine out of 10 guys, you know, you can make up for it in other spots. So that's what I talk about when I say blocker. So. You know that's again that's why I don't like small slates, and I will take Bledsoe and, and Middleton uh, just without even really giving it any thought, other than the fact that they have to be in there based on ownership, and they'll be the you know two of the highest owned guys on the entire slate. So I'm going to start with those two for sure, um, and then I like I like Brook Lopez a little bit. I think he's steady, he's reliable, he's not bad. Uh, you know, if I want to go with more of a, a level build, I'll use him. If, if I want to go a little more, uh, with a, a couple of lesser priced guys, then I'll go the Joker. You know, the Joker drives me nuts. I, I, I've been at least fading him and playing him in the right spots lately. So I can't complain as much as I used to, but he is a bizarre dude. You're not a hundred percent sure what you're going to get with him all the time. As good as he is, sometimes he just Gets his mindset that he's going to be a playmaker or a rebounder. And, you know, you just don't know. But I think he's a good play tonight. And I, you know, I'm, again, I'm debating between him and Brooke probably as my center. Uh, and that'll affect the build the other direction with who I want to fill in with. Um, I don't like Jamal Murray tonight. I think he's a trap. I think he'll be pretty highly o- owned. And that reason being is. Um George Hill has missed a few games. He's fresh. He did he is not coming off a doubleheader. He's the definitely a top ten defensive point guard still in this league, even at his age. And he gives uh, Murray a lot of trouble. So even though it's off the bench, uh and sometimes he does run along blood Bledsoe a few minutes here and there, but generally off the bench, even though uh you know Murray may be out in stretches, I think he has to face Hill's defense as well as Bledsoe, and I think that slows him up and is a good good reason to fade him at a fairly high ownership. Um, I think both Millsap and Grant can be considered. I know they split some minutes, but they both can be effective, and uh, you know I I think they both uh, are are reasonably priced, and just you know you have to hope you hit on the right one. Um, because they're only going to both probably play mid twenties minutes, but a lot of times that's enough to get it done. Um, You you know, the other consideration on Milwaukee, I think you make a good point on Divincenzo, Vincenzo, but he's definitely more, I think of a GPP play because yes, he's been steady. His minutes are steady. His usage goes up with everybody else's when, when Giannis is out, but you know, he still can throw a 12 point fantasy game in there and, you don't want to, you know, fall on that if you don't have to. So, you know, pretty much the battle of the centers in this game for me. Um, and certainly just the, the plug and plays with uh, the two, Bledsoe and Middleton. And that's really it for me.
1: Yeah, I I, I hear you on all that. I, I, I mentioned some interest in Murray. I'd say he's probably ranked fourth or fifth for me in that price range behind Bledsoe, Rogier, Graham, um, and probably Powell, just Powell being cheaper sort of points per dollar. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I don't think I'll get there much either. But, um, you know, all of these guys are worth considering as a pivot to Bledsoe in tournaments because, like you said, he's going to be so highly owned. Um, I think he's a little bit easier to fade on FanDuel where he's up over 6K, but really hard to – Pass up Bledsoe on DraftKings So I, I think he will be locked
0: in for me I'm with you man And I'll tell you There's two massive traps in this game Don't take Eliasova. I mean if you didn't learn from that game yesterday Then learn today And the second one is Don't take Gary Harris He had a really big game the last game But it was against the lov- lovable Cleveland Cavaliers backcourt So that was uh, an outlier He has not had a good DFS season at all and I think he's going to grab some ownership on a small three-game slate, and I don't think he's going to produce. So, you know, there's some good fades in here that I hope people bite on. Uh, that that uh, that seem to be, I think, that will be duds. But again, on a three-gamer, you got to anticipate that sort of half the field is going to be with you on most of the guys, you know, and so you got to really differentiate with uh, that second flight of players uh, and make sure that, you know, you don't make any mistakes there, but um, you know, very winnable slate. It is uh, you know, I complain about the small two, three game slates, but I've had some really good success in them. So it's just like anything else. You just have to make the smart plays, watch the news. Uh, You know, we always talk about a three-step process, watch the pot, listen to the podcast soon. We'll be uh, filming these. So you'll be watching them instead of listening to them. Um well I guess you'll be watching and listening technically. Anyway, the uh you know, do that first, get your shell lineup built, get some ideas, get some things going and then, you know, follow the news throughout the day on Twitter. Uh you can find uh, us all at DFS Coach Talk. That's our main uh Twitter page and then uh, the 3 DFS NBA pros I'm at Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I. Andrew is at Language Olympic. And Michael is at Micapatria, M I K E A P O T R I A. And definitely look us up on DFSCoachTalk.com to join in on the Discord. Keep an eye on Twitter uh, today because we're going to be putting out some cross uh, sport promos with uh, NBA and MLB as that approaches soon. That is it, my man. Any final thoughts or words?
1: Yeah. For the folks who are listening and they hear you say discord and they're not sure what that is. That's really just where we chat, where the members who have subscribed get our lineups. And I would recommend that Coach's lineup last night on FanDuel that won all those tickets in the qualifiers was 375.5 fantasy points. And those are lineups we're giving out to our members. So If you want to join in the fun there, uh, become a member and then you'll have access to those full lineups.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Absolutely. Also, at the the end of every podcast, you know, we we want to really shout out to uh, a great fund. It's called Mamba on 3 dot org. It uh, you can go there, donate. Uh, I did last night after the winning night, we pretty much made a Promise to each other in the group here at DFS Coach Talk. If we have a big night, we're gonna uh, throw 10% into that uh, great charity. It is uh, set up by Vanessa Bryant for the families uh, that uh, uh, lost people in that h- horrible accident. So I know I hate to bring it up at such a downer every day to to say it, but you know what? It's not in the fact that you know we're living the Mamba mentality. You know, the group of us. There's seven of us that, that have got together to start DFS Coach Talk. And a lot of it truly was because, you know, the the Mamba mentality, when it's not just a catchphrase for us, it's the truth. You know, you have to have the guts to go out there and do it. You got to believe what you can do and just, uh, you know, give it everything you've got. And that's exactly what we're doing uh, here at DFS Coach Talk. So great fun. Give, you know, give uh, if you can. And uh, we just love doing this. You know, tomorrow's going to be a full pack slate. Actually, the rest of the week is pretty darn good with games, uh, some really good matchups and some really good tournaments out there. So uh, join us every day, seven days a week in front of the paywall, uh, you know, where everywhere podcasts can be found. Don't forget to thumbs up, hit that little bell on YouTube and uh, so that it gives you a reminder of when our podcast posts. Um, you know, one other note, we had a, a staff meeting last night, the seven of us. And, you know, we love the fact that we can share with you guys and chit chat and small talk and, you know, look at things in different ways. And, and that's sort of who we are. We're not just a stats reader. We don't use optimizers, you know, where I test and discussion, but we also want to be cognizant of your time. And we know, you know, especially myself is the biggest, you know, uh, you know, know, I'm the worst guy when it comes to not chatting so much like I'm doing right now, even. Uh, But, you know, with Michael and Andrew, all three of us, we have just so much. uh, We talk every day. So we get on here and we start going. And all of a sudden, like the other day when Michael and I did the one show, it was two hours. And I know when, you know, you want to click on a podcast and you see two hours, you think, my God, you know, I could go to the movies and watch a whole movie and come back. So we, we get it. So we are even in our longer, uh, game schedule pods going to try to keep it close to an hour. That's going to try to be our max. We're not going to cut anything out. We're always going to give the lines. We're always going to give our opinion, but we're going to try to, you know, at least keep it on target so that it's more reasonable for our listeners. So, and uh, so just so you know that going forward, so, you know, subscribe. So you, that'll pop up every day when it posts and uh, it'll be in a reasonable time frame that you can enjoy it. And follow that process that we recommended So terrific show Andrew Thank you so much for joining me today And thank you all for joining us For another episode of DFS Coach Talk uh, For my fellow NBA pros Andrew Hansen and Micah Patria I am coach We'll look to catch you again Tomorrow As we look to crush it In NBA DFS <laughs>